Beloveds, welcome back to The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we're exploring what our Christian sacred texts have to teach us about living, surviving, and even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the times in which we are living today. We're asking ourselves, What do our sacred stories have to teach us, as white folks, about what our role is in resistance, about what it means to show up in liberation? I'm Brigida Vieira. I use she, her pronouns, and I am a candidate for ordained ministry in the Unitarian Universalist faith tradition. And I'm also a member of our Surge Faith Organizing Team. Today, I live in a place currently called Phoenix, Arizona, in the homelands of the Pima people, who steward this land for many generations. This podcast is a project of Surge Faith, and it is particularly designed for white Christians. White Christians turning towards other white Christians to talk about race. We do this work because we believe that white Christians have a responsibility to resisting white supremacy and also a responsibility to tell a new story about Christianity for white Christian folks. We do this work together because our lives, all of our lives, depend on it. And we also do this work remembering we are building up a new world. This live recording is from Dr. Vincent Harding's song for the Freedom Movement from a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado that took place in December 2014, led by the phenomenal minister Daryl J. Walker. We are so deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use this song for the podcast. The word is resistance. Hello, beloveds. In this season of the podcast, we've been wrestling with Romans. Together, each week, we've been trying to reorient ourselves to the letter of Paul to the Romans to recover how Paul is a spiritual revolutionary, one who turns the corrupt imperial logic of Rome on its head, and someone who is imploring the Gentile Jewish followers to resist adopting imperial ways, the ways that empire has always tried to separate us from one another in its life-swallowing machinery of death that runs on domination and division. So through this ambitious series, We've been peeling back layers of harmful, anti-Semitic, theologically negligent material to uncover how Paul is asking us to expand our imaginations about what it means to be free. And so far, we've discovered that Romans is not answering questions about individual salvation, but instead is asking big questions about collective redemption. Questions like, how do we put the world 
right. So, in the episodes leading up to this one, our podcast crew has collectively constructed for us how Romans is actually a liberating melody. That's right, an anguished, grieving love song where Paul recognizes just how dangerous the Roman Empire is to his Jewish people and also how dangerous it is to the Gentiles with its violent, slanderous ways. Paul's letter to the Romans is a love psalm, and it's one that has been dramatically leading all the way up to its musical climax, which is where we are today in chapter 12. It's here, beloveds, where we get to Paul's melody of how we can live out God's vision for the flourishing of all of creation. Romans 12 is where Paul's song trumpets. There is another way, a way that is part of a generation's old resistance movement, another way of building a new world, a world where faith in God, not the Roman Empire, can set us all free. This week's lectionary gives us Romans 12, 1 through 8 to wrestle with. But before we begin, I invite us all to do a brief grounding practice together to clear space for our inner guides. So settle in and find your breath. Feel your body as one whole being. On the inhale, notice how the entirety of you expands. And on the exhale, notice how the whole of you softens and grounds down. Notice your weight and the density of your body Notice the ways that gravity is claiming you and holding you. Notice your tongue resting in your mouth. And take a moment to let your jaw relax and let your shoulders soften. Together, we're going to take Another inhale and another exhale. Notice how your breath is connecting all your parts inside you and mysteriously connecting you to so many parts beyond you. And as we take one more conscious breath together, Inhaling in, exhaling back out. 
I invite you to open yourself up. Open yourself up to the ways these words from Romans is a breath of life in itself, connecting us back to a wider metabolism, one that breathes healing and liberation within us and around us, a liberation available right here and right now. In all of our uniquely whole and holy bodies. Let's dive in. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters and siblings, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and not all the members have the same function, so we, who are many, are one body in Christ, and individually we are members one of another. We have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Prophecy in proportion to faith. Ministry in ministering the teacher in teaching, the exhorter in exhortation, the giver in generosity, the leader in diligence, the compassionate in cheerfulness. In last week's episode, Trees and Mysteries, Reverend Ann Dunlap revealed how in Romans 11, Paul is telling the Gentile Romans to quit their prideful boasting and their mistaken thinking that the Gentiles have somehow supplemented the Jews as God's people. That episode goes into detail about how Rome attempts to show off its imperial dominance by wounding the beautiful tree of life that is Paul's people, Jesus' people, the people of Israel. And as the Roman armies marched through the land, 
They bend and break tree branches, creating collective wounds and hemorrhaging traumas in their colonizing roving. But even in those tree branches breaking, even in the wounding that causes all of the callousing, all of that is a part of God's mysterious liberative work. That even the calluses on the very tree, the calluses themselves, have a part to play. For God cares about all things and will use everything for good and for liberation. And that the root of God's tree, Israel, as God's people, their lineage and their story, is still holy and still there. And the calluses caused by the violent systems of empire, the ones trying to crush and eliminate Israel's very existence, are grafts holding the tree of life in place until everything can be healed and is growing back together. So in the beginning of Romans 12, Paul sings to us, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Hmm. When I conform to this world, Sometimes I try to cover all of my woundings and calluses with a specific type of armor. The armor of imperial flesh. It's the armor of whiteness that strives to be perfect and has too often stayed quiet or complicit out of fear of making a mistake. It's that armor of whiteness that casts out this long lance of self-righteousness, the one that tries to keep me distance from, quote, those other white people who, quote, just don't get it. It's that armor of whiteness that fears open conflict and will shapeshift to people, please. So then in Romans 12, here comes Paul, singing a psalm and telling me, that it's my unarmored body, my wounded, calloused, fleshy self that is not only holy, but actually acceptable to God and a site of spiritual worship. That it's my very body that can become a revelatory site to discern God's will for collective flourishing. And that with this body, there are gifts, gifts unique to me and connected to this larger mystery. Oh, beloveds, we have made it to the part of Romans where Paul is not just singing a love song. He is singing a love song. And it feels and sounds pretty darn good. So in this season of my life, the place where I am listening to his love song is in a time when I am living in the Valley of the Sun, this urban area currently called Phoenix, which is within the Sonoran Desert. Desert living, especially during these past summer months, has been a disorienting and jarring experience for me. 
I've had to readjust my ways of moving through the world and have been hyper aware of my body and its connection to the surrounding ecosystem. One of the most mysterious life forms I've come to fully appreciate and learn from during this time is from the massive saguaro cactus. It has these tree-like branches that are covered in sharp protective spines that absorb sunlight and catch rainwater in the way soft leaves would do on a tree. But despite these strong as steel spines, which protect the saguaro from animals that try to feast on its insides, saguaros are actually known as a cactus hotel to so many birds. Birds like the Gila woodpecker that carve nest holes directly into the saguaro. And in response to this wounding, the saguaro, the saguaro secretes this tarry adhesive-like sap that eventually hardens into this protective, waterproof, bark-like callus. And this callus, known as a saguaro boot, stays there for the entire lifespan of the cactus. And it's in these durable callus boots where birds of all kinds build their nests. And it's there where the birds stay, protected from predators and escaping the extreme temperatures. And in exchange for its shelter, the birds eat the insects that could harm the saguaro, and they also eat the diseased plant tissue that could cause the saguaro a fatal infection. So here I am, listening to Paul's liberatory melody in the Sonoran Desert, a place where my body is learning its own unique gifts and finding out that my very own calluses can also actually be a form of spiritual worship, but only when I engage in the act of holy resistance by taking off my imperial armor. Paul lovingly reminds us that our bodies live in this spirit-filled interdependent web of existence where everything is important and nothing is wasted, including our calloused wounds, even in the most extreme unlikely places. So cultivating a saguaro spirituality is one that refuses to conform to the illusion of separateness, the illusion that empire tries to manipulate me into. But to do this, it means that I must allow others to move through me, with me, and for me. It means I must remove my imperial armor and trust my calloused wounds as being whole and holy and part of what it means to be in right relationship with the larger body of which I am a part of, seen and unseen. Being willing to be transformed out here 
means that I must answer the call to see my once exiled calluses as having a divine capacity to invite a deeper intimacy. To invite a Sawaro spirituality, an intimacy that the decolonizing our future collective calls radical tenderness. Paul's opening to Romans is a divine invitation to radical tenderness, an invitation to set aside the conformist imperial armor that tries to hide our wounds and let the calloused parts of us receive and be refigured by another. Radical tenderness, what I'm calling my Saguaro spirituality, is a liberatory disposition of interdependence. One that Paul is lovingly seeming to us about how to build a new way about how to honor God's way. A way of transformation that is neither me nor you, but me and you, and me in you. In this week's lectionary, Paul also encouraged us all to honor our gifts. In my life, I've sometimes mistaken doing something with my gifts as requiring me to wear some other form of imperial armor. And my body will tell me when I'm overly conforming to this world, when I start to get dizzy by confusing my role with my soul. Expressing and sharing our individual gifts is important. And like Paul's love letter to us, this week's call to action requests that we expand our imagination about gifts from the individual to the collective. So this week, I'm challenging you to consider the many gifts you are the recipient of in one of the communities you find yourself in. Take a moment to express gratitude for all of the gifts you are receiving and reflect on how collectively, what harmonizing chorus of blessing these gifts are seeming to the new world we are building. I dare you to experiment with taking off your imperial armor and reaching out in a vulnerable act of intimacy to intentionally affirm the gifts someone is bringing to your community. Perhaps this affirmation of another's gift takes the form of a shout out in a work meeting. Maybe it's jotted on a postcard sent in the mail or told as a silent blessing given over a community garden. Whatever shape your affirmation of communal gifts may take, my prayer is that your action this week becomes a daily dose of embodied 
radical tenderness. Beloveds, thank you as always for joining us and for wrestling with Romans. We would love to hear from you. Yes, each and every one of you. You can fill out our listener survey on this podcast page at surge.org or engage with us by giving us a like or rating us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our podcast. And you can find out more about Surge at surge.org, which also has transcripts of each episode with references, resources, and action links. And don't worry, because we will be back next week with the resistance word from Reverend Liz Carney as we continue on in our Wrestling with Romans series. And of course, immense gratitude to the gifts of our sound editor, Claire Hitchens. Blessings to all of you in the radically tender ways you are building up a new world. In just love and liberation, until next time, I'm Brigitte Vieira.